All right, everyone. Hello. Welcome back to the 1010 Show. I am your host, Sean Hall. Today, I'm here with my special guest. I got uh, Carl. I got uh, Sarge. And I got Captain back with me. So, uh, we just got done watching Judas and the Black Messiah. So, we're going to talk about that movie. Uh, spoiler alert for those who have not seen it. Uh, we got people who actually lived in that era of the movie. So, they can maybe give some insight about some pivotal scenes in the movie and just the overall story of uh, Fred Hampton or at least another side of that story. So back in the uh, late 60s, you all were pretty much like uh, Captain Sarge. Y'all were pretty much like high schoolers, junior high somewhat at at that time. Yeah. um, Late late 60s, yeah. I might have been, what, 14. So, yeah, probably going junior high. And for you, you were pretty much in high school by that point? Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, one thing that I didn't never hear them bring out in the movie was uh, the state's attorney at that time, who was uh, Hanrahan. Okay. They never brought his name up, period. But I think that was because they were never charged, so therefore they couldn't have been convicted. And to do it now could have led to slander or, you know what I'm what, saying? What, to break? Okay, so who was he and how, how was he important he was to this County, story? Cook County State's Attorney. He was the state's attorney. And what happened with him? Like, like what was going on with that? Well, they had, a, I say, uh, an investigation that was going on concerning him. And after the Fred Hampton, uh, I'd say, execution, he was never heard of again. The, the the way the story went is that he is the one that ordered them to kill him. Okay. Now, what we saw in the movie, they were saying like it came from the feds. Right. They didn't want to make him a legend. And as you see, they was talking about um, Bobby Seals and... Uh, uh, uh... Aldrich or, or the other guy? Yeah, Eldridge Cleaver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, you're, you're, you're the original leader. Uh, Huey Newton. Huey, right. How they were made famous. So they saw they saw that the man was a threat. Okay. He was an orator. Anybody that could bring all those races together, all those different groups together, they saw him as a threat. Uh, did y'all have a chance to meet him um, during no, this time? I no, I never met him, but I met uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. Okay. In the early 60s. And uh, I look at it like that also. Any black man or black person who's considered a threat during that period of time was executed. Uh, Martin Luther King, uh, Malcolm X, uh, uh, Eldrick Cleavridge, uh, Bobby Huey P. Newton. All these people were considered a threat. And so they had to be put down so we couldn't get up. But you also have the fact that you have a living person that was not only knew him but was involved with the Panthers at that time, and that's your Bobby Rush. Okay, yeah, and uh, he's actually a congressman right now. And I think in the movie, he was the skinny, light skinned guy with right. the glasses. They yeah. they just called him Bobby. They didn't really right. give his full name. Uh, may I don't know if he signed off on you know how much he wanted to be involved with the right. movie, but yes, he started. Yeah. He was with the Black Panther Party, and then eventually ended up uh, running. I, I, a member of Congress, he still is today. And coincidentally, one of Barack Obama's. Uh, 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 runs for Congress was against Bobby Rush, which he did lose. But uh, from the part of the movie where he ends up going to Menard, like, I think we touched on that, some of, like, the earlier conditions of the prisons uh, prior to you all's term, like, they kind of showed how brutal and, and, you know, how just dangerous it was to be down there. So, the, the, the uniforms, the, the way that they showed the conditions of the prison during, now mind you, this had to be 1969, so, you know, in that time, like, did they kind of fit to maybe y'all's experience when you were, you know, at Stateville earlier on? Well, I had visited uh, Menard on several occasions 
and that's the southern part of Illinois. Uh, once you leave Menard, there's a bridge, and you run right into Missouri. And so there were mostly Caucasian inmates in Menard. They outnumbered the blacks. Uh, so if they didn't want you to get a visit, uh, get less visits, they send you something like 700 miles away from Chicago, take you about eight and a half hours to get down there, considering on how fast you drive. So yes, that was the distance. If they didn't want you to get a visit often, they send you to Menard. Yeah. Okay, but the thing Menard also, not only the distance, and it was a white-orientated prison. Gotcha. You, like you said, if that was 69, I started in 77. He started in 73. So the conditions, maybe, I don't know there. At Stateville, they were perfect. Okay. Because I'm telling you, when I started in 77, I worked in a tower that did not have a toilet. And they called it... They sent me up there one night and get told me, I said, where's the, where's the toilet? They showed me a bucket. Oh, no. I said, okay, where's the running water so I can wash my hands? That ain't sanitary. They showed me some water in the water. How, you know how water is cloudy. Somebody else didn't use it. I said, uh, I'm unexpected to use that. Country boy, yeah. That's what's up. And wait a minute. In the wintertime, no heat. Wood burning stove. I said, I don't know nothing about starting no, you know. I cleared my weapons, checked everything, and called him and told him, Cap, Captain Boss, you know, you, you had to know him. I said, Cap, you know, ain't no toilet up here. Lord. I said, ain't no water. I said, I can't use the bucket and throw it over the wall like they're telling me. And I said, and it's cold up here. He had to sit somebody to about, not him. But one night, they wouldn't get me out. They sent somebody to start a fire for me. But yeah, so you got to think primitive conditions and how it had to evolve. So. Yeah, I, I think they, so maybe not as bad as it was in the movie, but I think they wanted to kind of touch on it because, again, it was just a different time and maybe a lot of the, uh, ab, uh, the ac- uh, what's the word, uh, 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 advocacy groups that are now available, the John Hopkins and all these other people. Maybe back then John it wasn't Howard. Yeah. Well, John Howard, John I'm Howard. sorry. Yeah, but see, then so. too, no federal monies no money so, 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 yeah, at that you know, time. Exactly. And no union. And no union so, for the staff. So they was kind of doing what they wanted, wanted to, do. to do. And yeah, up until right. it, 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 more interest got involved. But now uh, officers don't have to stay up there for four, uh, eight hours. They get four hours up and four hours down, um, the conditions in the tower are much better now. Uh, okay. So, for somebody who was born after, not too long after that, what did you think about the movie, uh, Carl? Uh, man, I, I liked the movie. Uh, it very informative. Did not know about the whole, uh, uh, Hispanic and Caucasian coalition that he was able to uh, lead and bond um, was not really aware that the FBI was at him like that. I mean, I knew that they was, you know, opposed, but not to that extreme. I thought it was a very good movie. I think everybody should see it once or twice. I'm had to see it two or three times so I can fully understand it though. Yeah, this was my second time seeing it, and it was things I caught the second time that I didn't catch the first time because you're just trying to take it all in the first time. The second time, now that you kind of know what's happening, you can actually like. Cause I couldn't understand what he was saying. Like, you know, again, he's a British actor, uh, David Kalua. Uh, he's a British actor. He had to train himself to talk or to, to somewhat talk like for a Hampton talk. And could imagine that being difficult. Uh, but he, he, I feel like he did the best performance he could do. Uh, 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 Lakeith Stanfield, phenomenal actor. Uh, again, playing that role of being, the guy who brought down the Black Panthers, not single-handedly, but he was involved more directly than everybody else was. Uh, it had to be a trying role. So I, I think that part of it, again, I, I, one of the things I saw in the movie, because again, I'm, I'm relatively, I'm younger than everybody here at the table. So Chicago back then, the 60s, the 70s, like 
Was it like a really grimy city? Like, did they take as much pride in? Was it the world class city then that it's it's trying to be now in 2021? Like, 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 what did Chicago really look like? Cause they had garbage all over the ground and. You know, it really didn't depict a lot of the people because, again, it was a period piece. So, you know, there's only so much they could really show. And, again, but I'll one of the say things I noticed, area. It was, okay, because they were on the west side. Not that, uh, okay, but it, they were on the west side. And, again, this is post the the riots, you know, when they burned down all of Londale after Martin Luther King got killed. Because what, what did Martin Luther King get killed? He got killed in 68. 68. So mm-hmm. this is 69. Mm-hmm. Shortly after that, you know, when they burnt up majority of Lawndale and, and may, a lot of parts of, of the city. So I, I guess maybe they're recovering from that and then just showing Chicago at that time. Again, I don't know Chicago beyond or before 90. Mm-hmm. So so I, I don't know 80 Chicago, 70 Chicago, 60 Chicago. So I mean, you had areas that weren't the best, but like I said, it was the people that lived in the various areas and where they lived. As it was, I tend to live in an area, my grandmother was the type that if she saw trash on the ground around our building, she'd pick it up. Okay. You know, you have people like that that cared about where they were living so they could, they tried their best to keep it clean. Then you had some areas where they just didn't care. They okay. eat, they throw the trash down, so depending on where you work. But now, it has gotten better in terms of well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of investors in uh, interest in Chicago mm-hmm. trying to get the Olympics here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 26. Oh, I mean, there's a lot of investor interest here now. But I mean, even then, you still had the steel mills, or at least right before they were about to close the steel mills, you still had industry here. So it just seemed like, you know, maybe Chicago then was just a little more grimy, you know. Whereas like now, it's more like, you know, professional people want to come in and mm-hmm. see Chicago to take, you know, a lot of the stuff we got going on outside of the pandemic. Uh, another part of the movie that caught me, uh, which you know, again, it's a it's a big part when he met the crowns, and I and I think we talked about that while watching the movie. Like, what was y'all opinion of that affiliation with them being maybe somewhat of a fictional group? Were there ever crowns in Chicago, or was that like a fictional? I believe game that was they... a fictional game. Okay, I've yeah. never heard of such a a game. Game. Okay. Know? Um, there was quite a few games, you know. Uh, one that stood out uh, during the early part of the 60s was the Gypsy Cobras. Uh, and then you had other fashions that came along. Uh, Blackstones, Disciples, Latin Kings, uh, you know, all some sort of different games, you know. A lot of them had their own little mob. Right. But I never heard of any crowns. I, I want to say they did that not to glorify nobody. Right. They made up a game. But I must say, from from my uh, experiences and, and uh, education from working at the penitentiary and the old heads of this say and, and parents even, it was a lot of uh, uh, similarities to the crowns to other more known popular organizations out there. I mean, yeah, because one of the things like that. that I, and I mean, I, you know, just from hearing a lot of things I heard, uh, the Blackstone Rangers wore the red berets or, you know, so it's like when I seen it in the movie, I'm like, they must be trying to portray somewhat, maybe even what Jeff Fort, you know, stood for, because I remember seeing him go on TV saying, if you attack one of my members, we're going to attack you, and he was a very pivotal figure around that time in Chicago, and maybe you know, they didn't want to link Jeff Ford and him being together. But who knew if he was floating around Chicago at that time, he had to have ran into these people right. because there's just no way he would have been able to conduct, mm-hmm. you know, the business he was trying to conduct without having to have some sort of an understanding with the people who were the pe- you know, the leaders of the neighborhood at the time mm-hmm. and everything. And like you said, it was a lot of different factions that maybe at some point did all come together. But, you know, at the time you had, what, the Gaylords, you had the GDs, the Black, you know, all these other gangs that they briefly not, mentioned in the movie, but... Yeah, not necessarily the gangs of disciples, but disciples. But disciples. And, right. and, you, know, you know, disciples was a was a, a break-off faction after the, uh, what, the Black Gangs of Disciples, which was a break-off faction of what Cap was saying, the... Oh, you had the a gypsy, gypsy uh, 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 Cobras. Mickey Cobras. 
what Mickey Cobras uh, and uh, Gypsy Cobras. That's what it was. Uh, I think they came out in '59. Okay, so and I and, and I mean again, like I mean, even if you go back to. You know, a hundred years before, you know, in New York, they kind of had that movie called Gangs in New York. Because right, again, yeah. like all the other groups Fashions. would come together and you know have their neighborhood group. Somebody actually wrote down "gang" as like a, a, as like an acronym: uh, J uh, G A N G, uh, government assisted neighborhood groups, because. The vice lords were federally funded, you know, in Londale. You know, they had a program. They got grants. I no, believe the, the Blackstone the Rangers were funded too. Londale so, is west. Yeah, Londale yeah. is west, but so you know, he's talking about yeah. Because yeah. like west, they actually had like a white dude that was kind of like over the the conservative vice lords getting money for neighborhoods, and you know they used that money and get other things, and you know that's just a little history of that. But yeah. And what he's getting ready to say, which I believe is that, so did the Blackstone. The, the they Blackstone, got federal money also. They got federal money and too. And there was statements made that W. Clement Stone had a lot to do with them getting money, which right. he had a lot of money back then. I think he but passed on. The, the problem was not that they was getting the federal money, but that they was doing what they were supposed to do with right. the federal money. The government didn't like that. They mm. gave them that money for them to do BS, mm. but they was doing good things. They actually was feeding the kids and helping the neighborhood. Right. And then they infiltrated, but that's another story. Yeah, I, I mean, but again, like, you can kind of see Chicago come from that, you know, he was killed December 4th, 1969, and then you have the 70s come in, and once the Black Panthers were no longer, uh, 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 like, you know, uh, an issue, and then the civil rights movement broke down, eventually the gang culture comes in, then crime, you know, in neighborhoods that were somewhat decent neighborhoods, you know, the crime rises, the value of the neighborhoods decline, mm -hmm. and again, it just seems like I, in the movie, your overall aspect is, I think well, you you mentioned it, like anytime somebody of prominence rose up or was going to help the community, they cut them down, and then once they once that hope was lost. People just went to other avenues to find hope or protection or, and, you know, it, gang culture, then drugs came in, then, you know, it, it's just like all these issues kind of stack up after the fall of these leaders. And, you know, I guess, you know. They want to kill the dream. Okay. Or the dreamer. Okay. You know, of anything good coming in our neighborhoods. Now, take all the time that I worked out at Stateville. One Chinese out over 20 years is what I saw come through Stateville. One, what are the Chinese doing that we're not doing? I know for a fact we discipline our children in our neighborhoods. I know that. We don't just let them run wild. So what's happened since then up until now? We've got 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 year olds carjacking, sticking people up. Whereas when we were coming up, we was carrying people grocery to make money. We was cutting grass, shoveling snow, washing blinds. I've seen people just standing at the filling stations asking for handouts. Where is everything at? When, when I came up, you had Republic Steel, you had Wisconsin Steel, you had uh, several, four, at least four steel mills on the southeast side of Chicago. Right. Well, Where I, are the jobs at now? Well, well, yeah, but see, I think to answer your question, I think to answer your question, uh, again, we went from a group of people who were hopeful to eventually becoming hopeless. And be, now that the hope is gone, what am I as a human supposed to do to survive? If there, if I feel like I'm not important, nobody values me, and I want any sort of attention or acceptance I can get, and if that's busting somebody upside their head and taking their car, if that's shooting a dude in broad daylight, if that's committing crime, I'm going to do that versus trying to go to school and be a lame and carry a backpack. Because now with me being in this, uh, 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 being at the uh, Cook County Jail, um, like you say, I don't see many Asians. I don't, I, I see the white guys, but they in there either connected to black gangs or they in there for other offenses, sexual, 
You know, and then how many Asians would you say you've gone, seen? I, about maybe five, but I mean, out of my entire career, I've seen maybe five. That's over ten and, years. Yeah, over ten years, I've seen maybe five. Uh, that I can count like it was you, 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 and you. But I don't really see. I see us. You know, I, I, how many convicted? Now again, we actually. <laughs> Only keep you while you fighting your case. So, mm-hmm. so after you know they, they get discharged, they get shipped out. I don't know. Well, but I, but I've count. seen them housed. That there. one, one out of my seventeen, right? He was there longer than I. But see, it's the cultural thing too, right? The Chinese police themselves, they have a different culture that they bring here with them from their country, okay? And whatever it was, it worked because one. We need to know that secret. secret. (laughs) But we don't know how intense that can be either. We know they have what they call their Chinese gangs, the Yakuza. Well, okay, so, well, you got the Chinese triage, you got the Japanese uh, Yakuza, and I think we should also say Asian because... Yeah. You know, they could be from uh, from Vietnam. They could be from Malaysia. Right. Could, so just the, the Asian, you know, uh, people, they definitely come from a, just no, no different than the Italians or even some of your Eastern Europeans. They keep all that business at home, you know, and they police themselves, whereas we have always looked to the police to come in. And when they're coming in, they're not trying to look at you as a neighbor. They're looking at you as a suspect, as an assailant. And, you know, they're going to treat you like that. And that's what's wrong with the climate that's going on now. When we were coming up, that saying it takes a village was true. Everybody came together. Not even if you didn't know it. All right. I lived uh, around 47. And if you could walk the whole neighborhood, somebody know you. Okay. Somebody, if you're doing something, you ain't got no business, they'll stick their head out. Now, you know you ain't supposed to be doing that. Now, you going home, and I'm going to tell your mama. I'm going to tell your grandma. Right. These people nowadays, you can't approach them yeah. like that hardly and say anything About their kids? About they oh, kids. yeah, they're ready to fight you. Okay. Yeah, they're ready to I fight mean, you. Yeah. It's not that you're being, uh, what's the word I'm going to use? What, nosy? Nosy or you're, you're judgmental. Right, exactly. But you're trying to help. You see your, your kid doing something. But they're not accepting of that nowadays. And then, it hasn't been for a long time. Now, again, you grew up in the 70s and the 80s. For you as a child, how was that experience? Because this is now post that civil rights, you know, going into now, you know, the popularization of the gang culture and the drugs coming into the neighborhood. For you growing up, was it still somewhat of that, like, you know, uh, the atmosphere where everybody came together and took part in raising you and your experience? Oh, I mean, I had a great childhood. I mean, we went, out, we, we went outside. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We went outside at 9 a.m. and came back in at 9 p.m., but you just had to be in front of the house right. where you could be seen when the uh, streetlights came on. So, I mean, we moved from Chicago to the suburbs. So I was great. I was around many different cultures right. and safe, and, you know, it was all good for me. Yeah, I, I mean, from my experience, again, growing up in the suburbs initially, you know, being around all these, you know, cultured people. And I remember even y'all saying, like, we talked different. And then we moved back, back to Chicago. To and it's like from night and day, because I'm the kid, the weird kid, you know, coming into this environment with all of these our ghetto kids is what they was. They was ghetto. And, you know, here I am, this nerd from the suburbs, and I had to adapt or be a target. So I, I adapted very quickly to my neighborhood. And, you know, I I, I, now I, I had enough sense. They call it code switching now where you go from, you know, talking, you know, with your professional voice and talking with your regular voice. But, you know, I was very quick on my feet when it came to talking to the, the neighborhood kids versus when I would maybe even go home or be in other environments. So, uh-huh, yeah. But see, that comes back from, if you recall, we used to tell you, you talk one way with your friends, but you talk another way when you're trying to be professional. If you're going for a job, you're not going to talk to them the right. way you do your friends. Uh, you got to be able to adapt. Yeah. But then, too, we already being in the field we were in, and then coming up when it was prevalent, really that gang banging. Yeah. 
if do you recall we used to tell you we a gang oh uh, y'all was strict yeah no nah, we didn't uh, get a lot no. of, yeah no nah, y'all was strict yeah and again i mean i wasn't it's like as much as i was because again it's it was the it was the most popular thing in the neighborhood you know i would see the graffiti i would see the gang sign i couldn't participate but i still was curious because everybody I knew was connected or involved, you know, in my little classroom or whatever. So it's like, I wanted, I know I couldn't, uh, you know, like, yeah, we had our own gang, our own, you know, organization within the family, but we just, you know, I, I didn't really want to attach myself to that, you know, because I did, I also realized that that came with possibly going to jail and going to prison. I ain't never want to go to jail or prison. So that's why I was like, if that's what they doing and they getting locked up for that, I don't want to do that. That was my, but another child who doesn't have two parents or a strong family or, you know, enough sense to say that ain't the way I want to go. They can easily be, you know, captivated, caught by you know, all the attention the gang members getting and all that. And then they fall into it and you know, they end up throwing their life away in a, in a matter of moments. That's right. Yeah, because when you don't, you didn't experience it, but when you was growing up, I was in my teens and it was popping in Chicago. Like that's when rap was really getting his uh, feet wet and drug dealing was 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 popping and it was it was still a lot of game banging going on. I'm talking about. I mean, one time I was in the car with Dad. We was riding down State Street with my older brother, and uh, these kids was getting chased, and, and, and Dad wanted to jump out and help. And they hit that boy upside the head with a pipe. And my brother said, no, please don't stop. Please keep going, please. Because he knew the guy that was getting hit, hit in the head with the pipe. Oh, wow. And he was like, no, they're going to get us too if you stop. I wow. mean, it was a gang of guys, you know what I'm saying? So that's back when if you had on a, a starter coat, they going to take it. Hmm. You had on some troops, they might take it. You had on some Jordans, they might take them. They come on the bus, man. What what mob you in? They might snatch you up off that bus, you know. Yeah. Back then in them early '90s, it was popping. Late '80s, early '90s. Yeah. You had on a king's jacket, killing insane niggas, gangster style. A raiders jacket, ruthless ass, imperial disciples everywhere, running shit. All that stuff was popping, yeah. and everything meant something. You might not know what it mean, but it means something to somebody. Yeah, and I think that's something that they don't touch on. Cause I guess LA with the movie Colors got that, you know, that they were glamorized. Not that crime was glamorized, mm -hmm. but they were kind of put on the big screen yeah. with the blue and the red. So mm -hmm. nationwide, everybody knew if you came to California, blue and red means something, cuz means something. Right. But I really don't I don't touch on Chicago. Man. And like you say, how What's a jacket that you bought from the mall might have just been a cool jacket, but you ain't know them acronyms mean something. Man. Like I remember, like the Georgetown Hoyas, that meant something. Oh, yeah. You know all that GDs stuff. Like, well, that and again, you know, like, well, that coat. If you had your hat cocked to a certain direction, and, and a certain, and again, even when y'all was growing up, now yeah. did they have a hat cocking, or did that come later on? Because I know they had colors, you know, with y'all until to an extent. Well, they they had colors, uh, and they. You know, for the people that's listening to this, that's got kids or you're a teenager, I want you to know, you get caught up in that gang stuff and you end up in the penitentiary or the county jail, you ain't gonna have your gun with you. <laughs> Show as hell, ain't you? You better know how to box. You ain't gonna have your mama uh, or your daddy or your big brother or your five or six friends with you when you get there. And when you do something to people on the streets, they got people in the penitentiary and they'll be waiting on you. So think about that three minutes or five minutes it takes to take somebody's car and shoot them or run up on somebody and shoot them in the head. You're going away for a long time and you're gonna be miserable. Man. They gonna come in your cell, hey, you sit on the toilet, and give you a face violation. And you better not move, cause somebody's gonna be standing outside with a knife and a pipe. Officers can't be everywhere in the penitentiary. You're gonna be in big trouble. So just think about it while you're taking somebody's car, snatching somebody's purse, breaking in somebody's house, telling your mama you don't care. You can make it in the penitentiary. No, you can't. Man. No, you, know, you can't. Man's in humanity to man. 
that phrase has always stuck with me and it was a poem and I can't remember the author now but it is no truer statement ever made they don't realize the things they're doing that's gonna get them put in jail you ain't got no friends when you get to the pen these folks out here on the street acting like dick bro and that's my mob and they're my people yeah you they people I be standing there at the door when they bring the line in. They standing there picking out, yeah, he one of ours. They bring him in, yeah, like they welcome him in. Until a couple of days later, you somebody's girlfriend. Or you're doing their laundry. Or you're cleaning their cell. Because you're young, you're a newbie, and you're a minority. You're a fish. See? And the worst thing and feeling I ever had and felt bad for a man is when a male had to approach me and ease up to me and whisper to me, I need to see a doctor. They raped me, but they told me if I went to the doctor, what they was going to do to me. Oh, wow. And I mean, once you get over the initial thing of what he's telling you, you know, I really had to clear out the area. I made everybody get in there, lock the door on them. For, to get that boy some medical attention, you know. I'm a and fast forward. All you guys out there popping pills and, and, and drinking on syrup and all of that, you get to the penitentiary, you're gonna be the crazy one sticking staples up your penis head, trying to go go to Menard Psycho somewhere. You ain't gonna be able to deal with the reality of what you did. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have you around there like a zombie. You ain't got no pills. You ain't got no good kush. You ain't got no old granddad or whatever weed you get, you've been smoking. All oh, that's gonna be gone. And that's that's if you're lucky enough to go to a state joint. Cause if you go to the fed joint, they gonna give you some numbers that you can't even believe. They they, they don't get they get months. They give you 652 months, 437 months. It, it. It, I'm telling it out. you, I, I done seen some of the richest guys on the streets riding around. They the first one to tell, had all the money, had more jewelry on than, than 50 Cent, than uh, 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 Ice Cube, all that. One of the first ones to tell someone they got caught. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, they have a saying, uh, crime doesn't pay. I mean, but we do see funding going more towards criminal justice than it does go to education and it goes to you know improving the community you know giving people opportunities to better themselves and i feel like again our community uh has just been like kind of uh uh uh, attacked Mm -hmm. you know by that because again you know you had guys who were not even able to read to go to the steel mill and work 30 years. You know, you had guys, you. Right. you know, they was teaching trades, you know, back in, you know, the 80s. You can go out of high school, become a plumber. And they're trying to bring that stuff back now because they've realized by you taking all the resources out of the community and you leaving people with nothing, what else they got but crime? Right. You know, and so I'm hoping in the future, in 2041, we're not having the same conversations that we had in 2021 or 1981 or 1961 because it's like it just seems like as, as, as the only thing that has changed with everything that has happened to our community is the date. Mm-hmm. It's like the same stuff that we're dealing with, whether it was lynching or police executions, whether it was slavery or the, you know, like, 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 like the high incarceration rates, you know, whether it's, you know, teenage mothers or women coming up missing. It's like we dealing with all of these social issues, social economic issues, political issues, and you got people ready to storm the Capitol and overturn the whole election, but won't fight for equality for all people and it just sucks because like i say you see what what's happening to the children these are i I, you know i haven't said like with a lot of the kids that's out here now these are the crack babies babies like i was born in that crack era you know so anybody 80s early 90s these are the kids from my generation's kids you know i'm 36 so if you were 14 years old busting it open Yo, 14 and 15 year old is out here right now mm. robbing and carjacking and shooting and doing drugs. And, you know, they, and, and again, they come to the county. Now, from my perspective of it, again, Cook County is just too liberal. And, you know, mm. we have kind of given the criminals almost 
I don't know if it's Claire Blanche or whatever the term is, but they Carte pretty Blanche. much Car Blanche, but they pretty much can like feel like I could get caught with a pistol, go to the jail, get an eye bond, and be right back out on house arrest, take the bond, take the EM thing off, and get right back to doing what I was doing, and y'all ain't gonna do nothing to me. Uh. You know, because it was a time even within the jail, though it may be frowned upon in today's climate where we had a lot more leverage to get compliance and now that leverage has been kind of stripped away and so you have to do more negotiating and these kids are not they aren't there you can't negotiate with these people with, uh, with, with these children so it's like and again they come there and it's almost kind of fun but like i said once they get downstate it's different yep, right. you know again the cook county jail other out maybe like with the will county or dupage county i don't know how they run but yeah, like I said, I got urine thrown thrown on me. I got another officer last week got feces thrown on him. So it's like you know it, these I don't know these 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 pretrial detainees is coming in there and they pretty much doing whatever the hell they want to do. And I, I want to see better, but I don't know. Well, you know, I call these kids uh, microwave kids. They want everything and they want it now. Uh, when they wake up, when they get in the penitentiary and realize, hey, I got 40 years. I got 80 years. Then they snap. Because they realize this ain't no game. They ain't letting me out. Yep. You know? And uh, when their parents can't make it down to Menard, which is, uh, like I say, about seven or 800 miles from Chicago, or go to Pontiac, where it still takes uh, about five or six hours to get the stadium in Pontiac, uh, you, you have no outside communication. And when an inmate come in your cell and take that TV that you ordered, take your uh, commissary that you ordered, and you better not say nothing. Take your milk and cookies that you was born with. And then you call in your parents, the same ones you didn't pay any attention to, and tell them, hey, I need $1,000. I got a debt in the penitentiary, else they gonna kill me. Think about it. Just think about it. Cause that's what's gonna be happening to you. Okay, but also, now I'm gonna bring it up this way. A lot of things, true. It's the parenting of a lot of them, true. But just like they just got rid of all these people being locked up for a little weed. Yeah, we yeah. See, that was a way to lock up, incarcerate, and put a felony on a black person or a person of color. Now it's hard for them to get a job. So now it's hard for them to get a job. They want to say, I can't work. You know, so now I got to go out here and sling and sell drugs. Also, that's your new form of slavery. You are helping to enslave yourself by going to job, going to jail. You are doing work for them like the slaves had to work on the plantation. If they got a factory or a furniture factory, you're building furniture. They had, uh, they used to have uh, soap pillows and, you know, do little stuff like that. If they got a soap shop, you're making soap for all the various institutions. Those jobs you working for, what, 50 cents or week or whatever little money they was getting which wasn't much you are the newfound slave yeah and but I, you're putting yourself there and, and, it's, and it's somewhat hypocritical because like again you'll come to jail and be a worker okay but you won't get a job and work a nine to five and be responsible you know and actually contribute to your family, to the community, to society overall, you know, instead you'll fight to be the the, the, the deck worker or to work in sanitation or, you know, it's like, but what were you doing prior to that, that before you got here, you could have been working for that same amount of little change and try to do something with it. But like you say, I think it is a little bit of kind of like microwave, almost just people want everything now. now. I don't want to wait. You know, I, I I want the easy route. I want the shortcut. I don't want to have to work 20 years to get the to get the Bentley. I if I see a Bentley today, I'm gonna take the Bentley today because that's what I want. You know, and, and, and again, it's just a lot of uh, you know, and like they're not one. They I, they're again so gang culture maybe from the time that we were growing up to now. 
I don't think the gangs even have as much influence, you know, because right now it's not even like a BD Vice Lord. It, it's, it, it's this block against that block is this group right. against mm-hmm. that group. Yeah. So it's like that is even, you know. In kinda, my opinion, it went from a, a organization to a gang self to, to a clique. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. It's so a lot of now clicking. It's, cli- yeah. it's clicking. It's clicking. Like, it's, they, it's this block against that block. It's, it's, it's this group of guys over here on this block that's after these group of guys over here on that block. You know, it's it's, it's crazy. Like like you say, it, it's only when they get to the penitentiary. Now they got to put that in their back pocket. What is you? What is you? Okay, you going yeah. to claim something, something or, or we going to do something? Right, because you got guys who they, you know, they both – supposed to be GDs, but these GDs don't like them GDs, right. and so they shooting but, at each other, but, but, and it's like, hey, y'all both the same thing. But. That, that's because that's the, the apple juice GDs right, against the right. Gatorade GDs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm making up, I'm making up yeah, stuff because yeah. there are street blocks out here, and I don't want to give nobody no more credit. Right, exactly. But people that, they know what I'm talking about. They they know it's, it's the I, truth. Well, I, I mean, like, even on, like, the hip-hop scene, we've seen a lot of our local talent, like, the guy uh fbg uh duck you right. know who had his his song you know that was a, a regional hit but it was a hit you know he got killed downtown broad daylight you know right there off of oak street yeah. uh, like over there by the uh by the designer stores and it's like you know some some beef that that spawned all the way from 63rd street mm-hmm. made it to Oak Street, which is like again, they say kind of say like like the the Rodeo Drive of Chicago, because that's all the high end stores, you know, like North, you know, like that area. So it's like to execute him like that and brought, and then we were at a funeral that we left that uh, got shot up, you know, on my birthday. Like we were literally there hours before they came and shot the funeral up. So it's like this, you know, and then my own thing that happened back in September. So it's like it's. It's, it's so bad. And like I say, we went from hopeful to maybe we have a chance to now what chance do we have but to maybe live like this. Well, you know, a lot of these guys think they're gangsters running around with their pants hanging off their behind. Oh, my God. And I ain't talking about just the 17, 18-year-old. I didn't see some 30. Yeah, yeah. Late yeah, 30s yeah. with their pants hanging off their behind. Yeah. Now, in the penitentiary, if they was hanging off behind you like that, somebody slide right up under you. Well, yeah, now that you know, these, these kids, if, you tell I, them that they're not I, trying I to wish hit they, they I, I, I wish they would, uh, you know, pull them up. Put that belt on. Nah. And I don't know why on. these girls are running around with these guys like that. It's not cute at all. Because they don't know anything else. Like he said, one thing you got right. These are kids being raised by other kids. That too. They really didn't get any parenting themselves. So they didn't, what do they know about being parents? A lot of them is being friends with their kids. That too. More so than being parents. Now, I'm not going to say all of them because some of them wake up and try. But at some point, it's probably too long gone. But I want to give some credit to some of these young activists out here. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to bend and say they done won. I've seen some of these up-and-coming young activists that's got some heads on them. Yeah. And, hey, that's what we need. We need something to turn that tide. Well, I think with the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, especially uh, following the George Floyd uh, um, uh, murder, um, you definitely seen a lot of the young people come together and say enough is enough. You right. know, uh, when you watch the video, and I myself have not seen the entire video, I, I couldn't do it. I yeah. just, yeah, I, I know the end of it. I know that man had his his knee on his neck, and to hear that he cried out for his mama, and you know he he was he was asking for help, and they continued to you know the guy continued to keep his knee on his neck. Uh, I think. That being the and then the pandemic and everything else kind of going on too, you've seen a lot more young people, social media, you know, marching. I didn't condone them looting and tearing up no. the city. I ain't condone that. But just to see the people come together and say that we're not gonna allow these government officials to come in and have this kind of 
uh, freedom to just kill us and treat us any way that they. I, I, I mean, you you got people that, and I think just like with the whole with with me working in law enforcement, there are way less people committing crime than there are people doing right. Mm. It's just. The people that get the most attention is the ones committing the crime. Then you know? the ones that get caught. The ones that get caught. But then you got a lot of people that's not getting caught. You have a lot of unsolved murders in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And even that even sounds ridiculous because this place got more cameras than anything. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing for them to get a shot spotter and to go to the scene. But it's almost like, do they really, do they even care? Right. You know, as long as it doesn't come to their neighborhoods, the Street of Bills, the Wrigley Park, the, you know, all these other areas that are more... Caucasian, you know, mm-hmm. occupied, mm-hmm. you know, as long as it's the low end or the east side or whatever, little, you know, or west, even our west, yeah. you know, whether it's Austin, Alondale, as long as it's in that pocket and it doesn't leave here, we, you know, hey, we don't care, you know, but if it comes past this block or if it affects this community, oh, we on your ass. Right. So, you know, it's just like, I, I just feel like, like it's, it's so hypocritical yeah. for them to only protect certain citizens, but not protect all of them. Okay, see something, say something. When you call 911, you don't have to give your name when you call. And if I were you, I wouldn't give my name. Reason being, it's going to be told that so-and-so, so-and-so called on you. So don't give your name, but give the information. Give that information out. Uh, who, who was this lady that... Uh, a half a million dollars to retrieve her dogs. Lady Gaga. Lady, Lady Gaga. Gaga. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Isn't a human life worth more than a half a million dollars for a return of uh, some dogs? I mean, again, when you're a rich celebrity, you can, you know, make outlandish rewards okay. like that because you have people who got killed and they might put out a thousand dollar reward or as much as a family can afford. But like, unless it's making the news, like we don't, we don't make news unless they're giving the count of how many got shot over the weekend. Like that's what mm-hmm. our communities make the news out here in Chicago. Well, like, that sounds like the Vietnam War. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, uh, uh, they wanted a head count every day. How well, many got killed? Well, that, that's why you know the kids at one point dubbed this place Chirac because mm-hmm. I mean, again, at one point we had more deaths here than was fought in the, you know in combat in Iraq and Afghanistan. And I mean, we're we are in combat, you know, to to some degree. And I feel like again, a lot of these guns being readily available or people just being able to, you know, have, not 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 being able to handle their disputes. You know, like, let's have a conversation. They had a dispute, like, if I catch you, whether it be on the freeway, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether it be at your mama's church, whether it be at the, wherever I, I catch you, mm-hmm. that's what we got. You know, I'm, you know, I'm going to pop you off. I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do to you. And well, I, I think, I think that part of the problem is, um, like, I remember years ago, I found out that they wasn't teaching uh, cursive handwriting in school no more. Okay. Right. So that's just like, I believe that the problem starts in the in the home, and from the home, the school too. I know the teachers ain't supposed to be babysitters or none of that, but if you really think back in your childhood, it was a teacher somewhere that scared you straight, motivated you to do better in school, made you realize not to be the class clown or whatever. And I remember we used to have, uh, I guess it would equate to comprehension. It'd be like. The train leaves the station at 7 a.m. It's traveling 85 miles per hour. How many hours would it take to get to New York if New York was 15 hours away? You'd have to compute that. Nowadays, they just got an Apple computer or their iPhone. They just say, bam, bam, bam. That's the answer. Right. And I think that, that, that not having to think how to solve a problem in school has transferred over to not know how to solve a problem in life. Right. You don't always got to fight. You don't always got to shoot. You don't always got to be mad for 20 years. Back in the day, me and Joe Bob have a problem. We fight. We back friends two, three days from now. Maybe a week. These guys nowadays, man, it go from he whooped my ass to I done shot him, now I got 100 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, it just go that fast. They don't know how to solve a problem they don't they need to get their ass whooped a couple of times at home oh now here's the thing that we were actually had to touch on that point 
a lot of these kids, a lot of these men that's coming in there, ain't never been to a, ain't never had a fight. Ain't never had they a fight. They ain't never been hit before. Like, not my age group, but right after my age group, when so we talking about them, them 90s, the men, even these, because again, we're in 2021. It was somebody that was born that's just made 21 a day. That was born, you know, at the start of the millennium. Got a lot of these grown men, ain't never been whooped before. Ain't mm. never got hit before. Ain't never been in a fight. That's so, the problem. They don't know anything, but and even in their rap songs, they tell you we don't box, no. we shoot. Like no. they tell you that in their songs that they listen to, we don't fight, we shoot when we catch you. So it's like, oh, uh, we gonna, they don't even jump on people no more. It's like if we catch you, we gonna shoot at you. I don't know if I'm gonna kill you, but I'm definitely gonna shoot at you. Fucking you know cowards. what I mean? So well, I mean, yeah, it's just it, it, it's it's just that. compared to like I say the time. Y'all grew up in, you grew up in, I grew up in, and it started to decline more so around our, because like I say, you had the loss of the civil rights movement, those leaders, you know, politicians were more about the fanfare than for the people. Jesse Jackson, throw that out there. No, so that's what I'm saying. So you got people who were, are even uh, the other one, Reverend, uh, what's his name? Sharpton. Sharpton. So, you know, you, you, you got a lot of our, these became the spokesmen, but they wasn't really helping you know, yeah. they were there if something happened. Once that check cleared or once that book got picked up, they went on to the next thing. But then you left the people behind and nothing was re ever resolved. Almost to a point where they were kind of planted there to keep people from coming up right. and saying enough is enough. But you, you know, know it's bad whenever people. the, I can't, I don't even want to just say white folks because you got some black folks. That want to sit you down too. Of course. Instead of trying to help you up, they'll try to hold you down. They always gonna manage to find somebody to do their dirty work for them. Right. Oh no, don't do this. Don't y'all protest about this. Why don't y'all go over here and do this? And then you all talking about they need to teach conflict resolution. resolution. Yeah. yeah. But they got enough trying to educate them enough to be able to go out here and get a job. Teach them how to write, how to fill out applications. Teach them practical things. Of course, they need the education, but when they, I'm like Carl, when they said no more cursive writing, I was like, what? Yeah. You can't sign your signature. I can't even lie. I don't even, I don't know how to read cursive. Yeah, you. I, I don't. Because I do not know how to read it. Because they stopped teaching it. I can't read it. Yeah. And, 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 I and, know how to sign my name, but I do not know how yeah. to read cursive. And, and, wor <laughs> and worse than that, Home economics. Yeah, they're nah. not teaching women how to be mothers. They're not teaching men how to balance a checkbook. Nah, I not. bet you they don't even. I used to have co-op. I would go to work. I would go to school for X amount of hours, and then I would go to work, and that was part of my grade to go to school and go to work. I bet you they ain't got that nah, no more. Well, when I was in school, so I graduated two thousand and three. They gave us one week of learning about like. Uh, I guess taxes and I guess like they gave us one week where all the life skills that we should learn in our adulthood they put it in like a five day course and after that that was just it they just now, like hey here goes a rough draft of what you gonna be dealing with for the rest of your life now, now listen to this that's a damn shame yeah. you said life skills yeah life skills we like know about life skills in the penitentiary before yeah. you go home 90 to 120 days before you get home you go through life skills right they teach you how to balance a checkbook they teach you how to fill out an application. They teach you about STDs. They teach you about where to go to get your uh, unemployment, I mean, uh, uh, food stamps. They teach you all of this so that when you get out, you have a better chance of coming back, AKA recidivism. Mm. And they gave you a week of life skills in CVS. So basically, it's the truth. You're going from, from the high school to the penitentiary. They setting you up for failure. Yeah. Well, see, that's a damn shame. See, I've seen them give the inmates uh, that life skill. They tell them how to dress. They tell them how to tell them to get there on time for the interviews. They they tell them uh, to show up on time. And but see, the things that's needed is in the high school. You should be taught how to fill out an application, how to take a test for the post office, the police department, uh, or any other uh, job that you might be considering. While you're in high school, 
you know, you ever notice when you go take an exam, the white kids always get up first and you're still sitting there? Or That's because chance. they were in high school and they taught them how to take that uh, military exam. They taught them how to take that postal exam. That's why they get up before you get up. Well, I mean, yeah, they, they, they took a lot of that See, stuff away, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like like you say, I mean, because I had a, a girl in the suburb that I was friends with, like, um, um, she went off to Northern University. Now, she was the number three person in my class. Mm-hmm. When she went to Northern, she was so far behind, mm-hmm. she had to take remedial courses for a semester. Mind you, straight A student mm-hmm. at my school, but when she had to compete with her counterparts in the same, you know, playing field, she was behind, uh, you know, so much information. And, and before your time, I'm going to tell you again, you, my your cousin Clifton's mother, Mary, went yeah. with a guy named um, Cliff. I think his name was Cliff. But anyway, I get Curtis. Smart. A's all the way through, went down to the University of Illinois down there on Hosted, flunked out. Okay, they're teaching our children different standards also. We used to laugh and people used to say, but it wasn't no joke. The books that was done at the suburbs, they kicked the old books to the city. Oh, yeah. And yeah. give them nine the kids. Well, like when, when I was See? going to school in Naperville, and uh, we ended up transferring, transferring back from Naperville back to the school I was going to uh, um, in Chicago. The book that they gave me, and I think at the time I was maybe like a third grader, the eighth graders had just got that book. Okay. I'm a third grader reading out of a book that, that the kids in the eighth grade, the eighth grade just got that book mm-hmm. for the eighth grader. So it's a five grade gap between the ed- ed- education I was going to get in Naperville versus the education I was getting in Chicago. Well, you know, when we were coming up, we had 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade spelling books, uh, reading books, and, and we had to go through the spelling book. We had a test every week. We had to know the definition of that word, and we had to spell that word once a week, and we go on to the next page. I noticed they don't have that in this uh, city anymore. Plus, we had penmanship books where we would trace the alphabets, and then we would, uh, you know, trace them, but they don't have that anymore. I went and bought Chris, your little brother, a cursive book. Right. I I said, oh, hell no, my baby got to know how to sign his name. With the cursive in it to try right. to trace and learn. How but I mean, like, how many people are using cursive though? I mean, because again, in in twenty twenty one, how many people are really using cursive? Well, how many people have to sign their signature? I mean, we got. I, I can send you a text. You can do. Uh, <laughs> I, I can send you an email. I don't have to mail you a letter and see, get postage and throw so, it in the mailbox. I can shoot so you. So in text. essence, this is this is what's really happening. I I implore all the listeners to go watch the Book of Eli. Don't watch it for entertainment. Watch it for edutainment. If they can take it out the book, they can change it. If there's no book. Like you just said that they're not giving out those books no more. Now they're giving out leaflets to the kids. They're giving them handouts to do. They don't get a book. It's either in an iPad or it's, it's, it's in some program on a computer or it's a pamphlet. Like Sean just said. He can show. He can send in the text to sign. If if they can take it out the book, you don't know what it really ever said. Well, that's just like the Bible. Exactly. I mean, you know, wait, wait, you're wait, not gonna have the book no more. Okay. Okay. They can change it. During Hitler's time, he wanted to destroy all the books. Exactly. And they're talking about now your libraries having uh, CDs rather than books. Exactly. Protests when they start that protest because you want the book, you want to be able to read the book. For yourself, though, see, they are taking total control of what you're learning. Exactly. And your ability to learn. See, that, you know, it makes you wonder, this stuff that they just had the kids doing with this remote learning. Yeah. If this uh, was a setup. It was, it was a test and a setup to see how Overlay it was for the work. underplay. Okay. Yeah. Because these younger kids, they wasn't into that. 
No, nah, they wasn't that. never trained how to do that. Right. Like so And how can you remote learn kindergarten? Man. First grade. Man. Second they, grade. They well, well, you know thing. what? Your mama showed me a picture, y'all, and and, and you know, to tell your uh, sex. Okay, well, it looks like a, a capsule. About the ultrasound. It looks like a capsule. And the baby like sitting in it, people. and it looks like an alien to me. <laughs> because they come, these kids come here, can I be, play with your phone? But they, they can, know they, all the electronics. They, they know all the electronics in your phone. Yeah, like my, my phone can work my baby phone. can work that phone yeah, better than me. My phone know how to get yeah. to whatever he want to see and could change the cha- uh, the video That's to whatever right. he want to see. That's right. And as soon as the ad come on, he don't hit that button so he ain't got to do the ads no more. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you know what they had? I think it was a Super Bowl like commercial a like that where the kid had came out of the womb yeah. and he high-fived the doctor and then he yeah. got off the damn table and then walked out the hospital <laughs> with a phone, took a selfie of himself. <laughs> it was a whole commercial. And it was oh, like, I gotta see that. That's yeah. how these kids come I, out I, now. I, I, like, yeah. like, they are. Already know the technology. Know like, how stuff. do you know this? Right. And you're so young, but right. you know, kids. They say they should. They sponges. They pick up on whatever you put them in. Mm-hmm. So, which I also say, teach your kids another language. Because if I could, right if on. I knew Spanish right now, right oh on. my god, yeah. I, I'm trying to learn it at 36. But if I could have got it at three or six, oh my god, man, I'd be a killer. They've got, they've got schools like that. There was a lady on the west side. Uh, I can't think of oh, her that name lady now. Ain't around oh yeah, the, the the one that did the uh, the, uh sixty college. minutes thing on, yeah. and I, all her kids went off to become a, professors right. and professionals. A yeah, hell of an educator. Well, and she thing. seen how the she seen the deficiencies in the school, and right. as an educator, she like I can't do this. So she went, got a little room somewhere. Got the, yeah, yeah, that's got the, the kids, and I mean I think that's what that's we. Unfortunately, why we ain't got more teachers like but, but, that? But see, see, here's where maybe we are as a community at a disadvantage. Jewish people have another school that go to after school. Mm-hmm. They, we like, we gonna let the government teach you so much, and then we gonna cuff you and teach you everything you need to know about our community, our practices. We need to do that for ourselves, because yeah. as long as we trust in a system that has disadvantaged us, has you know put us in harm's way, has stolen, raped, yeah. pillaged, yeah. and still targeted us, how you think they gonna treat us when it comes to teaching? They not gonna put they all in teaching us. They yeah. don't want us to become a. It's, it's almost like watching like the Matrix. Mm. They want you not to know what's going on. They want you at a disadvantage. They can control you because once you realize what's going on, you ain't going to be wanting to be controlled no more. Let me tell you something. When Carl was going to school in Joliet, they had archery. They had bowling. Golf. They they had golf. Tennis. The school looked like it should have been a college. The kids uh, was driving to school in brand new cars. The white kids. Brand new cars. I'm telling you. They had everything you could imagine at that school. Look at our high schools here. Nah, oh, man. Yeah. Mm. Now, our, that was in the 80s. And, and not only that, they had fencing. Well, CBS had aviation. There's still an aviation wing where they were teaching the kids how to repair airplanes. Okay. And, but again, the money left, so did the program. And, like, again, even from when I was there, they didn't lose sheet metal and the stuff that people could use to make money that I teach. So now they're trying to, because now they're realizing we didn't prop up college so much. Don't nobody want to do the blue collar jobs, the plumbing, mm-hmm. the, you know, being the damn electrician, that's being the a damn money. carpenter. That's and that's the that's money. That. So yeah. now they like, now we want to bring it back. But it's like these kids. Yeah, you look at this phone. Ain't none of these celebrities wearing got no hammers. These celebrities got cell phones and designer bags. And if they can't compute enough to say, if I make enough money, I can get that stuff, they don't want them damn jobs. Well, well, answer me this. Why is it that Job Corps is not being advertised? Because they don't show the commercials anymore. My they show daughter them. went to Job Corps. She Thanks. had her high school diploma for a licensed pharmacy. And That's not only Jeffrey did they have licensed pharmacy, if you didn't have your high school diploma, you could get four hours of your uh, your, your uh, trade, tra- four trade and four hours of uh, school. And it was a brand new facility right there in Jolly at. Why we don't have something like that 
here in the city where the kids can learn a trade as such as bricklayer. They have one here in the Electrician. city. Electrician. They had it down there well, on no, Michigan. Well, they're not advertising well, well, it. On, on State not, Street. It, it, it's a job corps that's right by my job. Oh no, kids! It's like know, thirty, it's well, thirty kids. It. But it's in the cut. It's like you, if you don't know, it's, it's there. You would never know it's there. But it's, it's in the cut. And the thing about job court, they could go to they was what twenty five. Yeah, up until like I believe yeah. twenty four. Yeah. It's like sixteen to twenty four. Something like but, that. Yeah, but, 16, but here, 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 here's where it's at. If you got a felony, yeah. I don't know if they letting you come. Probably not. Yeah. If Probably you ain't not. got your high school diploma. They'll help you get, get it, it, right? But, you but it, yeah. you, if you got, you know, nowadays, you your nowadays you got fourteen-year-olds with a background, right? Sixteen-year-olds with a fighting background. cases, or or fighting a case, fighting a case. I mean, and again, that's, that's, that's what I'm that's saying. Pitiful. They're they're building Ridiculous. a culture of people to fail, yes. And it's going to take the youth, cause see, they can relate to them. They don't want to hear from us. Probably. We old folks. We you. don't know what we talked about. Right. That was back then. This is now. But you living in the now. And you're going to wake up and you're now going to be back then. Right. If you don't wake up and get yourselves together. That's, that's and so be true. sitting up looking crazy with empty hands. See? So that's why I say these youth activists, come on, y'all. Talk to these kids. Get on it. Some people are trying to work. Um, what was that? The boys that was doing the shoveling. One hood, our hood, one hood. Oh yeah, uh, one block, our block. Yeah, like, something one, like yeah, that. My hood, yeah. Something, I know sometimes something simple like that yeah. can pull somebody in. But right now they all want to be gangsters, like you say. They want to drive the cars, sell the drugs, Boy. and go to jail. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ten Ten Show. You can find us on anchor.fm forward slash 1010 show. That's 1010 show. We're also on Spotify, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, and Breaker. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at the 1010 show. Email us at 1010podcastshow at gmail.com.